Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Bereshis, Tuf Shin Ayin Gimel, as we start off our fifth year together in uh, the Parsha Shiurim, beginning of the fifth cycle, Parshas Bereshis. All beginnings are crucial, and as we uh, begin together, it's always a uh, open up of Bereshis. We hear Bereshis on Zos Habracha. All of a sudden, we're, uh, we start having memories of our childhood, start having memories of uh, the stories. And uh, as the Beis HaLevi writes in, in the Haggadah, just to, to start off, Beis HaLevi writes, we can have the same material, but every year it's new. Every year it's voracious. It's the same voracious that we've been learning for so many decades. It's the same voracious. He writes that on the Baruch HaMakom, Baruch Hu, Kenegad HaBabanan Dibra Torah. The Beis HaLevi says, Baruch HaMakom, the Torah, Baruch HaNasan Torah, Lahamu Yisrael, Kenegad HaBabanan Dibra Torah. The Torah is Kenegad, all four sons. What do you mean it's Keneged? It's opposite all four sons? What is that word Keneged? says the Beis Halevi. You can have the same Rashi, the same Gemara, that the greatest Rosh Yeshiva in the world studies, and the first grader and the second grader and third grader are all studying the same, the same material. When you have any other subject in life, if you have spelling, you have spelling for a first grader and for a fourth grader and for a ninth grader and for a college professor. It all moves up. If you have science... If one has history, any subject in life, there's beginner, there's, me- there's intermediate, there's advanced. But when it comes to the Torah, the magic of the Torah is that it's the same Torah for everybody. We all get different things out of it. But as we start Bereshis again, every time we start Bereshis again, we look at it differently based on our experiences through the past year, based on our, our, uh, what life has brought us, we all look at Bracious. It's the same Bracious Bar Elokim. It's the same Amr Rabbi Yitzchak in the first Rashi. But it's always new. That's the godless and the magic. Kineged Arba Banim. The Torah is Kineged. It's opposite. It stands Kineged every single type of person in life. Tchacham, Roshatam, any day of the show, everybody. The Torah is Kineged, each one. It's the same, the same material. Okay, so the first couple of thoughts for the evening is a couple of general thoughts about the Bria. But my separations, again, there's so much to talk about each year. We try to uh, delve into different uh, topics. We'll try to touch on the Bria, a little bit on the the, uh, the Chait of the Eitz Hadas, a little bit on Kain and Hevel, and um, we'll see as much as we can fit it. So we start off with a Panini HaTorah, just uh, a small thought in source number one. Bereshis bara elokim etz ha-shemayim v'sa'aretz. Al derech drush... One could put a comma after the word bracious, even without drush. But bracious, the first thing, bracious, bara elokim es hashemayim v'sa'aret. Says the tzaddik Moshe Lei Misasov, bracious davar tzarach Yehudi ladas. The first thing a Jew has to know is bara elokim es hashemayim v'sa'aret. Step one, ABCs. Sheish borei umanhig l'chomash nevraba olam. There is a borei. There is a creator. There is a manig. Vein advar misnalim chalila meatzmam. There's nothing that happens by itself. That was Avram Avinu. He put it into our DNA the ability to recognize the Kaddish Baruch Hu. In the year 1948, when Avram was born, when he was 52, he discovered a Kaddish Baruch Hu. According to many Rishonim, there is a leader. Bereshis. The first thing, borei lo kimas hashlam v'saris. If you saw Salanter once said, mentioned this in the past. Every day here in Eretz Yisrael, and the Chutzlaritz on, uh, on Yamim Tovim, and on Shabbos, they say, we say, Enkelokeinu. Isn't it interesting, Esther, we saw Salanter, that first we give the answer, and then we ask the question? Enkelokeinu, Mikelokeinu. 
First we should, we should say, Mikalokainu, who is like Hashem, and then we should answer, Inkalokainu. And yet we give the answer first. Because of Bracious, Baralokim, as Hashemayim Vesa'aretz. We should delve, we should struggle, we should ask questions. But step one is, Baralokim, as Hashemayim Vesa'aretz. Because Baruch Hu, Inkalokainu, there's nobody like Hashem. Once we have that as a base, as a given, then we can try to deepen our emuna. We can try to deepen our appreciation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But first step is Enkelokein. And then we can have me, Mikelokein. He quotes, the Pnei Atar quotes two stories related to, to this idea. One from the Tanoim and one from the Rishonim. First from Rabbi Akiva. There was a non-believer, there was a heretic that came to Rabbi Akiva. Who created the world? Amar Lo, Rabbi Akiva says, HaKadosh Baruch who created the world. Amar Lo, Hareini Dabar Bavar. Prove it. Prove it. Show me God. Right, he's invisible. Show me God. Klomar, Haveli Rai Barulikach. Amar Lo, Lomachar Tavoy Lai. Rabbi Akiva says, come back tomorrow. Let me think about it. That's what we thought it means. Lomachar Boas Lai, come back tomorrow. Rabbi Akiva says, wow, nice shirts. Mata Lomish, what are you wearing? He says, I'm wearing this nice shirt. He says, well, who made this shirt? Who made it? It's funny, who made it? The tailor made it. He says, really? Prove it. How do you know the tailor made it? Prove it to me. Prove it to me the tailor made it. Anybody, I don't believe you. Prove it to me. He says, what, are you crazy? Who else will make the shirt? Who? It just happened? The shirt sewed itself? Sir Bikiva says, aha. So you're telling me that the shirt is too complicated to make itself and just to happen and to have a big explosion and all of a sudden the shirt exists. And that's one shirt. You think about the world. Think about five shirts. You think about a city. You think about a universe. Says Rabbi Akiva, Just like a house reflects that there was a builder. The habeged meid al haoreg. And the shirt is made on the weaver, the hadelas al hanagar, and a door on a carpenter. The world itself is a testament of God. You don't need any other proof. When something is created, well, you have to ask the question: Who? Somebody obviously made it. Rabbi Akiva. Similar story quotes from Rabbi Huda Halevi. Huda Halevi, one of the great. Ba'alei Shira, Ba'alei Piyutim, so many Piyutim and Zmiro, some of the Zmiros that we sing on Shabbos, written by Rehuda Levi, Sion Halotish Ali, probably his most famous song that we sing uh, and that we say in Kinos on Tishabab. Rehuda Levi, Ga'on Shira Yisrael Besvarad. So again, there was someone in his neighborhood that was a non-believer, but he was a singer, like Rehuda Halevi, a singer like him. V'gayzet ta'an barov se'chluso, sh'olam anivra me'elav. And he also tied it. He also claimed the world, it was always here. Kadmon, Ha'olam Kadmon. And he had many arguments with the Behuda Levi. Vikuchim Rabim Mitzrahalu, Ben Behuda Levi, Lebeno, Alan Oseazet. Behuda Levi was never able to be Meshachayahim. Okay. Be'echadayam in line 20. Chiber HaMeshor HaGoyshir. One time this singer, this songwriter, wrote a song and he couldn't come up with the last verse. He couldn't do it. He came up with a great song sometimes, like, yeah, brain freeze. You, like, did the whole project, and just at the end, you can't finish it off. You can't, like, oh, I'm going to go take a walk. Let me go take a walk. Maybe something will come to me. He didn't notice. He took out for a walk, hoping, hoping, davening. I don't know who he's davening to. Davening to himself, 
holding that he has siyata to himself, and uh, he's taking a walk. Bidiyuk Bosashah, at that moment, a Yudha Levi passed by his window, and he sees the song, the unfinished song, sees the unfinished song on the table. He says, okay, maybe I can help. And he quickly fills in the last verse of the song, and he leaves, and lo and behold, the guy, the, the uh, non-believer comes back from the teal, and he sees the so- shir is mushlam. He didn't know who did it. Bitrakshus merubah. He goes back to his friend, Rabbi Yudha Alevi. The Sibar of the Dover, he says, he says look, look what happened. Somebody wrote this. Must be some unbelievable songwriter in this neighborhood. So Rabbi Yudha Alevi, what, maybe it happened itself. What are you getting so excited about? Maybe the song wrote itself. He cooled off his plea. It happened. They said, no, it's impossible. Songs don't write themselves. Oh, but worlds are created themselves. All we have to do is open up our eyes and we see HaKadosh Baruch We don't need miracles. Nisim gluyim. Because as we know throughout history, as we've spoken about in the past, even the greatest miracles don't bring belief in God. You can see a tremendous miracle in front of our eyes. We could see. Kriyas Yamsuf. And what can we do? We could run in and try to catch the Jews, the Mitzrayim. Right? The greatest miracles. The Gemara and Brachas have Makas Bechoros of every firstborn of the Egyptians would have died at the same exact moment at 12.01. They would have said, Ah, oh, Moshe Rabbeinu Batayu, what a liar. Look, it happened at 12.01. And that's why Moshe couldn't say 12, it's going to happen. He said, Kachatzos. It's going to happen at about 12. He didn't want to leave open the possibility of anybody being led astray. So our belief is based on just looking around and seeing the world around us. Voracious, the first step of anything in life. Bara Elohim as Hashemayim Basaretz. Kodesh Baruch created the world. Okay, moving right along. Voracious. Torah starts with a base. Famous question of the Midrashim already. Aleph base. And yet the star starts with a base. Maybe that's the real answer to why there's no daf aleph in the Gemara. If it's good enough for Torah Shebechsav, so it's good enough for Torah Shebalpeh as well. Other Alderic Jewish answers, but maybe that's the, uh, that's the root answer. But why does the Torah start off with the base? A question of the, of the, uh, of the Midrashim. Again, all the Varts work better with, uh, starts with the base and ends with a Lamid. You have Lave, it would be low, wouldn't, be, uh, wouldn't work out so well. But we have a Lave, right? Beislam. So why starts with a base? So two thoughts. Two thoughts. First is from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, in source number two. It says Lubavitcher Rebbe on the top left. He quotes that the the Rishalmi in Mesechas Chagiga that Beis is bracha and Aleph is Arur, which is Klala. You don't want to start off with an Arur, which just begs the question. There are many positive sukkim that start off with an aleph also, and many negative sukkim that start off with a base. So still, at Ur and Bracha, maybe there's something in the, in the content of aleph and base that could clue us in. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe on the left, the fact that the Torah begins with the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, base indicates that reading the text is actually the second phase of Torah study. When we open up the Torah, it's a similar idea to what we've just said, but it's different. Learning, when we open up the Chumash and we start learning, we should realize that's step two. Step two is learning. 
What's step one? Appreciating what we're about to do. That's required for Talmud Torah. Before a person even looks at the first verse of the Torah, he needs to prepare himself for the experience that he is about to undergo. Beratius starts with a bays. But first is Aleph. Appreciate what we are about to be involved in, the most sublime activity that a human being can be involved in. Coming into contact with the Dvar Hashem. Basically, continues the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Torah study is somewhat of a paradox. On the one hand, it's a mitzvah that connects a person to God. It's a mitzvah that we get close to Hashem with. And as with any mitzvah, the person needs to be aware of this fact to achieve a full connection. If I don't under- realize that I'm connecting to Hashem, then I'm not going to connect to Hashem. But says Lubavitcher Rebbe, on the other hand, if I spend my time while I'm learning, thinking about Hashem, I'm not going to understand anything or focus because I'm going to be focusing on, oh, I'm connected to God. I'm not going to understand the Tosas. So Talmud Torah, on the one hand, is at the same time something that we are supposed to be bringing us close to Hashem, but we're not supposed to be focusing on our experience of connecting to Hashem. If a person actually thinks about God while he is studying Torah, he will not be able to concentrate on the subject at hand. So how do you answer the, the, how do you answer the problem? Before and during. We're supposed to focus on God. We're supposed to realize the experience that we're going to be involved in before we open the Chumash. Before we open. The Gemara even has a to say before one starts learning. We have to appreciate what we're about to do. A person should take a few moments to reflect that he's about to study God's wisdom that has been condensed into a humanly intelligible form. He is about to bind his mind into a total union with God. When he's learning, though, we should try to figure out what Rashi's saying. That's not when we're supposed to focus on how actively this is bringing me closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Torah starts with a base, Beratius, because it's step two. Aleph is Hashem Echad. Aleph is thinking about Hashem. One, that's why it starts. This could be, he doesn't quote it, but this could be another pshat, another uh, connected thought related to the Gemara in Nidara, Madaf Pe Aleph. Quoted in the past also, the Gemara tells us why did the Churban Abayas happen? Why was the base of Migdash destroyed? So the more well-known Gemara in Yuma tells us the first base of Migdash was because of the big three Averos. The second base of Migdash was because of Sinas Chinam, baseless hatred. But the Gemara in Adarim says, you know why the base of Migdash was destroyed? Because Shaloberchu Batorah Tchila. I didn't give you the Gemara. I'm saying it outside. So they didn't make Berchaz, they didn't say Berchaz Torah. The question of the Rishonim already. A, why didn't they say Berchaz Torah? And B, even if they didn't say it, is that so terrible? Is that so terrible that they didn't say Berchaz Okay, so they learned. They just didn't say Berchaz Torah. They were in a rush. So why didn't they say it? So maybe one could suggest, based on the Lubavitcher Rebbe, so Berchaz Torah is that they didn't do step Aleph. They didn't do Aleph. They only started with this. They started with Bereshus. Bereshus, Bar Lakim. The fact that the Torah is not just an intellectual pursuit, but that it connects me to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Aleph, it's even a prere- It's not even there in the Torah. It's a prerequisite. You can't. We can't open up a chumash unless we appreciate what it is. Right? It's similar. A marshal, a The bahag does not count belief in Hashem as one of the mitzvahs. Six hundred and thirteen mitzvahs. The bahag, is one of the goyim, doesn't count belief in Hashem. Ask the Rambam. How could you not count belief in Hashem as a mitzvah? It's the biggest mitzvah in the world. Says the bahag. The Rishonim answer for the bahag because that's a prerequisite for everything else. You don't come to the concept of a mitzvah unless you believe in God. That's not a mitzvah. That's a prerequisite. 
says the Baba Cherebi, appreciating Torah is a prerequisite for studying Torah. Appreciating that it has that magical ability and that's why the Chorban happened when people don't, we don't appreciate what we have the chance of doing. So that's, that's reason for, for Chorban Rahman al-Islam. One idea why it starts with a base. Another idea says, is suggested by Rav Saratskin in the Azayim Latora. He quotes the Medrash first. Source three on the bottom left. When Hashem wanted to create the world, the twenty-two letters of the Aleph base, all petitions, God. Can you start with me, please? Please, I'm, I'm here. The Zion, the, Zion, the, the Yud, the Lamed. I'm the big. The Yud probably said, "Come on, I'm like Harsinai. No, sorry to start with me." So the old petition, the Medrash says, from the Aleph base was created was before the world. We know the Gemara Psachim says that there were seven things created before the world was created. So Aleph Beis must have been one of them because Torah was one of them. So Aleph Beis is with the Torah. It's talking about Raisa Bara Alma. So the Aleph Beis must have been before the world was created. So the old petition Hashem, please use me to start the Torah with. Zosomeris beat And they all probably quoted beautiful psukim in Tanakh that start with their own, their own Torah, Torah, Tzivalana Moshe. Right? And there's many, many psukim that we can come up with. So whatever the letter Hashem would have chosen, that would have been fine. But the second letter, so the Aleph says, what about me? Hashem says, don't worry about it. You're going to start something too. Aserah said Dibra starts with an Aleph. So Aleph got its place as well. What's the message? What's the message? So the Aleph will say, I don't want, I don't care about the Aserah said Dibra, which is in the middle of Yisro, you know, what if, no, you got 15 parshas until then. And I want, I want, I want the limelight. I want Bracious. Says of Saratska, now you know, you see, what, what was the Kaddish Barakul telling, telling the Aleph? Everything up till Yisro is the means. That's just the pipeline. That's the derech. That's not the matara. You're going to head the goal. There were two defining events. There were more, but for at least for now, there were two defining events in the history of Am Yisrael. Bri-as- or the history of the world, I should say. History of the world. Briyas Olam and Matan Torah. Says Rav Saratskin, HaKadosh Baruch was telling the Aleph, the, def- the most defining, the crucial one, is Matan Torah. Matan Torah with the backdrop of Mysabracious. Because Mysabracious is all there purely for Matan Torah. As Rashi says in this week's Parsha, as Rashi says, Yom Hashishi, what does Rashi say? Hashishi, the sixth, the sixth of Sivan. The whole world was held in abeyance. It wasn't made permanent until Bnei Yisrael accepted the Torah. If the Bnei Yisrael wouldn't have accepted the Torah, the whole world would have gone back to nothingness, the Tov Avahu. Says Rav Saratskin, These two amazing events, It's the second one that's the great. What gets the Aleph? What gets the Beis? 
chronologically, Bez came first because always means come before the goal. You have to create the means in order to then achieve the goal. But the goal is later, but it was in the Machshava first. Right? What do we say every Friday night about Shabbos? Sof Maaseh Machshava Tchila. Shabbos was Machshava Tchila. It was Sof Maaseh, but it was Machshava Tchila. And the Torah and the acceptance of the Torah is the crucial point. Chronologically, it's not. A couple of weeks ago in the Dafyomi, we had the Machlokas between Moshe and B'Tzalel. Moshe tells B'Tzalel, why don't you build the Aaron and the, the, all the uh, Kalim and then build the Mishkan, build the walls. B'Tzalel says, I can't do that. I'm going to have all the Kalim, where am I going to put them? So B'Tzalel says, first I have to build the Krushim and the structure and the walls, so I have a place to put them. Moshe's like, you're right. Because first you have the means. The Aaron was the goal. But that came later. Aleph comes later. Anochi Hashem Elokecha, because that's the goal of life. And the goal of the life of the world, not just the life of every Jew, the life of the world is for Am Yisrael to be involved in Torah. Okay, so so far we did one letter. We're going to do a Pasuk. Okay, one letter. <coughs> okay, a couple of other points related. So about my separations. That's what we have to talk about now. A couple of other points. The Gemara in Mesechah's Brachas, also, recently, Adafiomi thought. But now we get to see it inside. Bottom of the page, a little Gemara there. Source number four. Taner Abanan. Haroe Ochluse Yisrael. If someone sees thousands, Ochluse, how much is that? 20,000, 60,000, 600,000? That's Ochluse Yisrael. Shishim Rebo, 600,000 Jews. A special Bracha is made. Somebody sees 600,000 Jews. Has been 600,000 Jews. Even in MetLife Stadium, there weren't 600,000 Jews. It's pretty close. Close, one-sixth. But uh, 600,000, right, by uh, a couple of Levayas over the past 20 years, it's been, uh, it's been close. Make a special bracha. What bracha? Omer Baruch Chacham Harazim. Blessed is Hashem who Chacham Harazim. He is wise Harazim of secrets. You know secrets. What do you mean? Why do, do you make a bracha about secrets? Says the Gemara, There are so many Jews! And each person thinks differently. And everybody's face is different. They think differently and they look differently. What's the double lashon? What's the double lashon of everybody? We're talking about my sabratius. This is connected. That we think differently and we look differently. Fascinating thought from the Ben Yehoyada, the Ben Ishchai, in his commentary on Brachos. He says the world wouldn't be able to function if we all thought the same and looked the same. You think about it. Lefi, Soros 5. Lefi she'en daitam domo zelazeh, ve'en paritzu ve'en domo zelazeh. Nira li b'siyata d'shmaya. Every paragraph in the Ben Yehoyada starts off with those words. Nira li b'siyata d'shmaya. This is my thought. Why do we have both opinions and thoughts and faces? In these two ways, we are different than the animals. Number one, with our intellect, with our thinking ability. And we all look different. 
Yes, if you're a zoologist, you probably can tell the difference between every little animal. But for 95% of the world, you look at a tiger, they're always the same. You look at a monkey, they're always, okay, a little different. But basically, if you have a thousand monkeys, even if you, two of them are different, most of them basically they're always the same. So this makes us unique. But there's something deeper. And he continues. Dependent on this facet of creation that every single person in the entire world, in the history of the world, have little differences between them. Even if you have identical twins, the parents could tell them apart. They're a, little, they're a little different. You get to know them. So how, why did Hashem do this? Why can't people look the same? Some people. If people all thought alike, business would never get done. Because we all would want the same thing. And we all would want to sell the same thing. And we'd all be otorosh. Right? We'd all have the same mind, the same... Right, we, even have, we, we nothing would ever get done if there's if they will all e- either be in supply or in demand, and we'll all or we'll all be farmers, or we'll all be accountants, or we'll all be rabbis, whatever it is. The world wouldn't exist. And we'll all love pizza, and we'd all hate blank. Right, nobody would ever eat that. So there'd be a, a run on that type of food. Right, that box of cereal would never be around in the, in the supermarkets, and what it's, the world would not be able to exist if we all were at the same das. The Number one, the chain. Similarly, imagine if every man in the world looked exactly alike, and every woman in the world looked exactly alike. That would cause lots of problems. The chain builti shinui hapart sufim ein haolam miskayem sheim domin zelazeh hayaruvin baal eshashim on vechein lahefech. Reuben will come home. Hi, honey, I'm home. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong honey. Right? I mean, it would just be, it would be absurd. The, the world cannot exist if people look alike, if people think alike. That's the bracha. We see 600,000 Jews. And we can have the appreciation if we, if we don't. We just look around. That's the chlusia. Baruch hacham arazim. Blesses hachadosh baruch who created every person thinking differently and looking differently, and that's how the world functions. That's how the world functions. Appreciating the bracha. Good. One final, not introductory thought, hopefully we're out of the introduction, but another thought about the general Maisa Bracious. General Maisa Bracious, we're going to relate to a medrash that we discussed in the past, a couple of years ago, where Yaakov Kamenetsky had a shot of this medrash, but we're going to go down a different path. The following thought from the new, relatively new, Rishima Shiurim, with the thoughts of Rav Salvechik on Nesachas Brachas, which uh, Baruch Hashem was out uh, a couple of months ago in time for the Dafyomi. But all the way towards the beginning of Nesachas Brachas, in the second parak, the Gemara tells us a whole section of Gemara listing off various prayers, various tfilos of Amoraim. Of Amoraim. This Amoraim said this tfilah. One of them was a Lakain Sar. Right, this one says, another one said, Elokai, Achilonosarti, Enichadai, Vachshav, Shalonosarti, Kilonosarti, the tefillah that we see at the end of the Alchets. 
Right? Many of the tefillahs that we see at different times of year, right? The tefillah for Chodesh benching is Ra, was Rav's tefillah. Right? All different, all different tefillahs. Rav Safra, Rav Safra's tefillah. Source number six. This is Tez Zayin of Abayz going over to Yud Zayin of an Aleph. Rav Safra, bust, this is all tefillahs that they added at the end of the Shmon Esrei. Did not uh, explicate that. Basar Tzlusei Amar Hachi. This is what he said. Hashem Shetasim Shalom Shalmata. Hashem, please make peace. Let there be peace in the upper world. Let there be peace in the lower worlds. And amongst the people who study your Torah. No matter who's learning, let there be peace. And everybody should learn Torah for good purposes. Lishma. Okay. This is the Psaphra's tefillah. Said the Rav, said the Rav Salvechik, there must be a connection between the content of every one of those tefillos and the person talking. And if you analyze each of the tefillos and who is talking, there must be a specific connection why this person said this tefillah. So the Rav asks, why did Rav Safra Davins for Shalom specifically? Why him? Everybody Shalom. Why did Rav Safra Davin for Shalom? And the Rav had an amazing ha'ara. If you look at throughout Shas about Rav Safra, the media that he was known for was not Shalom. It was MS. Some might be familiar with the Rashi at the end of Meseches Makos. Rashi quotes the story that Rav Safra was was saying Shimon Esrei, and somebody came over to him and wanted to buy his watch, and he says, I'll give you five, five dinar, and Rav Safra didn't answer, it was the middle of Shimon Esrei. And the potential buyer thought he was just playing a hard, hard bargain. Okay, ten. Get that Shimon Esrei. Fifty! A hundred, my final offer! And he finished Shimon Esrei. He says, you're all sell to you. He's like, okay. He starts taking out a hundred dollar. He said, no, no, five. What do you mean five? No, because, because I, I would have sold it to you for that. But, you know, I was in the middle of, of, of davening. So I couldn't be mobstick, but... He was known for the Mita of Emes. That was Rosafra. So the question is, why was he, the Mita of Emes, davening for Shalom? And if you think about it, says Rav Salvechik, they're kind of opposite Midos. Emes is zeroing in on the truth. Exactly the truth. Not budging. And Shalom? Nah. Yeah, people are flexible. You know, compromise. It's not, so not, not always MS. It's not always MS. Right? And Yadus? You know, there are opposite Nidos. Sometimes MS and sometimes Shalom. It's like opposites. So he is the one that's doubting for Shalom? Medrash. So here's the Medrash we get to, to Mysabracious. Source, line number 10. Amr of Simon. And again, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky gave a shot on this medrash two years ago or three years ago when we mentioned it. I don't remember. Amr of Simon. When Hashem was about to create the world, create man, the Malachim started getting on teams up in Shamayim. May, it was color war. Right? Do you, uh, do you support Adam being created. Some groups of angels said, no way, no way, don't create man. And the others are like, no, 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 create him, create him. 
Amazing imagery. This is what is meant. Chesed ve'emes nifkeshu, tzedek v'shalom nashaku. Chesed, emes, tzedek, and shalom. Chesed, Omer Yivra. Chesed said, create him. Shu gom chasadim. Oh, there are going to be so many chesed organizations. Man is going to do so much chesed. Create him. Emes, Omer, al Yivra, shakul shkarim. Oh, how many lies man's going to say? Don't create him. He's full of sheker. Tzedek Omer Yivra. Tzedek says, create him. Shuoset Stakos. Shalom Omer Al Yivra. Tukulei Katata. Nah. No much fighting there's going to be. So there's, a, there's two against two. So what do you do? So Ma'atakarish Baruch Hu. What did Hashem do? Notal Emes V'hishlichola Aretz. He took Emes and threw it to the earth. He threw it to the earth. How did that help? So one of the Mepharshim says, but he got rid of Emes. That was two against one. Okay, yeah, but why Emes? Why was Emes uh, chosen? So either way, let's continue. You're disgracing your own attribute, your own midah. As we know, the Gemara says, "Chosamo shal Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Ms. Ms is the is the meat of Hashem. So how could you throw Ms to the ground, whatever that means? Tala Ms Menaret. Hashem says, no, no, no. Ms is going to come from the earth. Hadudichziv Ms Menaret Titzmach. This is the Medrash. Many Mefarshim try to explain the depths of this Medrash. What does it mean, Menaret Titzmach? And what exactly is the Machlokas between the angels? So Rav Solveitchik quoted his father, who quoted his father. So it goes back to Rav Chaim. What do you mean? What do you mean? They're all arguing. What every person does chesed, every person does shalom, every person's a fighter, a liar. What, what's the message of the midrashim? There are people who talk the truth. There are people who fight. There are people who are peaceful. So what exactly is the message of this midrash? Says Rav Chaim. On the bottom, bebir hagrachzatzal de kavanas hamedrash ain't no lo marshu vikuach ben amalachim. There wasn't, as it seems, a machlokas amongst the angels to create or not to create. Rather, second column, el shalidian vikuach ben amalachim. The machlokas within the malachim was about the following: man is such a complex being. How could there be a being that has opposite traits in him? That's the issue of the Malachim couldn't understand. We are monolithic, the angels say. We have one purpose. We have one tachlis. We're created to do one thing and that's it. How could you have man who is required sometimes to do shalom and sometimes to do emes? 98% of the time we have to speak the truth. But as we know... Mutter l'shanos mipnei hashalom, right? Hashem Himself, right? Aaron a going. Aaron to go over to people. You know, so and so wants to apologize. Total, total lie. Total lie. Aaron a going lie. And yet we know it's one of the most amazing things that Aaron a going did. Oiv shalom v'rodiv shalom. So the malachim, that's what they were bothered by. How could there be one being with opposite tendencies? Not only tendencies, opposite obligations. Opposite requirements. How is it that they're going to know what to do? That's what the angels are bothered by. There's Darkei Shalom and then there's Emes. And sometimes you have to fight 
if there's something that's Rav. We have to stand up to make a kiddush Hashem, and on the other hand, we have to we have to let things slide, and we have to be a nela veina ole. We have to not take things personally. So that's what they're bothered by. How could there be such a complex being? Says the Kaddish. What did Hashem do? He threw MS to the ground. What does that mean? What's MS? MS is Hashem. Yes. Well, some of the Kaddish brought MS, but what is the ultimate in truth? The Torah. The Torah is the ultimate in MS. What Hashem did by Kaviyachal throwing the to- MS to the ground, he was answering the Malachim. This is their instruction guide when to use each Mita. This is when, this will tell them. If you look in the Torah Shabbat Chsav and the Torah Shabbat this will guide them. They're complex. But that's what it takes to be a Baal Bechira. They're the only ones in the universe that have that job to be a Baal Bechira. You don't. And the animals don't. Only man does. And the Torah is what guides them. I think I mentioned a couple of years ago, maybe last year, two years ago, that um, one time the Rechesko um, Levenstein, Ashkiach in, um, in Panovich, in the 1950s, one time the, uh, they brought him, his Talmudim brought him a toaster. They brought him a toaster. He was, he was very, he hardly had anything in his life. They brought him a toaster. And all of a sudden he opens the toaster and he sees the instruction packet for the toaster. And he starts jumping and being so excited. This is unbelievable. Look at this instruction guy. The Talmudim thought it was like Purim. Like, what, what is he so excited about? What is he jumping around? It's just an instruction guy for a toaster. What's the big deal? See, so he says things that you don't understand. He says, how hard is it to figure out how to use a toaster? How hard is it? What? But especially in the 1950s, it was probably, it wasn't even a toaster oven. It was probably the kind from on top. You stick the toast, the bread in, and you push. I mean, how hard is that? And yet there's a guide. Because somebody who creates a toaster wants to give instructions. If somebody creates an entire world, as we said before, which is logical, there's obviously an instruction guide somewhere. There's obviously something that tells you what to do and how to do it. He saw the instruction guide and he saw the godless of the Torah. Emetz, me'aretz titzmach, says Reb Chaim, that's the answer that Kodesh Baruch Hu was giving the angels. By throwing the Torah down, he was saying, this is what's going to guide them in terms of using all of the Midos. Coming full circle, said the Rav, said Rav Salvechik. That's why Rav Safra was davening for Emet, for Shalom. His Midah was Emes. But he knew that man is made up of opposite Midos. We have to know when to use MS, and we have to know when to use Shalom. We have to know using the Torah. And that's why he davened there should be MS in the Shema, it should be Shalom in the Shemayim, which means in the world of Torah, in the world of perfection. I gave you the whole continuation, we're not going to read it, and that will have effects in our world as well. Anyway, that is the um, Rav Safra, Davening for Opposite Mitos. And again, the Torah is our, what we look in to find the answers to all of our questions. Hafochba, Vafochba, Dekulaba. Okay, now let's do some sukkim. A couple of sukkim to do. First, one small thought. I usually start with the one-liners, but you know, we have it in the middle. But the row is a little more elaborate, so we'll have a one-liner here. Perak Vesbatsochavdalad. Pasik in the middle, right after Mysa Bracious. Adamarishon exclaims, Zosapam Etzameatsamai. Oh, now I have a wife. Um, then the Pasik says, Al Kenya Zavisha Zavivesimo, but Davakbi Ishto. 
man will leave his parents, go cleave to his wife, and they will be basar echad. What is basar echad? So we've noted in the past the discussion of Rashi and the Ramban. Rashi says, Vahila basar echad means the child. The husband and wife will come together through the child. That will be literally their one flesh, basar echad. And the Ramban, a little deeper, which many a sheva or many an afruf, has this Ramban quoted. Basar echad does not just mean the child, but it means the relationship. Unlike animals, which don't have a relationship, right? It's mating and that's it. Man and woman, mankind has They are become one with each other. Says Rav Saratskin, second Rav Saratskin of the evening, a little one, source number 10, just about this Rashi Ramban, more focused on the uh, Ramban. And Rashi. Parents symbolize our past. Any one person in life, their parents are their past. And children symbolize our future. Our parents and our future. We have to focus on both in life. Judaism, we believe in all, past, present, and future. But what has to really be our focus? What's the message? Yes, we have to build on our past, but we always have to be focused on the future. We always have to be focused on what more do I have to do? What still have I not accomplished? What still is in front of me? Leave the past. Build on the past. But focus on the future. The Dalek Bishop focus on the wife and the children. Focus on what one still has to do, not what one has done already. Okay. Now we have a little bit about the hate of Adam and Chava, and then a little bit about Cain and Hevel. Again, we're trying to do as much as we can. Parshas Bresh, Baruch Hashem, we have a shear. Many to many years there are there isn't even a shear on Parshas Bresh. Baruch Hashem. Okay. The most famous question, out of many famous questions on Misa Bresh, is how and why did they do it? How? If you believe that they didn't have a Chirachavshis, as the Ramban says, so how did they violate if they didn't have a Chirachavshis? So that's not so much what we'll deal with tonight. But the other question is, what was their motivation? Many, many Mepharshim deal with this. What exactly were they thinking? They had one mitzvah. One, don't eat from this tree. They could eat from every other tree. Every other tree. <coughs> don't eat from this tree. This tree, the eight hadas. Why? So we'll see two suggestions tonight. First from the Radvaz. One of the greats on the border of the Rishonim and the Achronim. The Radvaz, early Achron, according to most. Source number 11. He was asked this question. So somebody close to him asked. Kabbalistically, I don't understand, says the Radvaz. I'm just going to go ahead and try to do, to give you a straightforward answer. The Kajalacha, Yitzir Kavav Shalakarish Baruch, who Hashem created this unbelievable being. Kavit Chazal, Ech Yispateh, 
How did was he seduced? How did he do it? There has to be something deeper. And many commentaries explain somehow there were good intentions. Somehow. Somehow there were good intentions. So the advisor is going to go down that path as well. There was a good intention, but what was the good intention? Shuvah, let me explain. MSU, keep it safer as Zohar Vatikunim. If you read the Zohar and others, you find Dvaramamukim Beno Ra'im. So I'm not going to go there, says the Radvas. We're going to stick to the Nigla. Da, line 8. Kidavar Muskalhu. Kikol Hove Nifsat. If you look around the world, says the Radvas, it's obvious that everything physical eventually fades eventually falls apart, Event doesn't last forever. There's nothing in Gashmias. There's nothing in Olamaz that lasts forever. Even a rock over time, you know, after rain and after, after the elements, everything in the world that's in the physical world, eventually, it could be 120 years, it could be 1,020 years. But that's part of being uh, in this physical world. Everything will revolve and go back to its original ingredients and forms. Where it was taken from. Everything in the world. Man included. So Adam looked at himself and said, I'm eventually going to die. Yes, God promised me but God only promised me, it's, this, is a, this is a major discussion in the Rishonim, but the Radvaz is of the thought that Adam thought to himself that he was going to eventually fade away or die, eventually, in a long time. But God's promise was that he was going to live for an extremely long time, just nothing. He, he would only die from natural causes, from the natural wearing out of the human being. The dovers then is sparer la adam arishon bein safek. Adam definitely knew this. Umasha amalo hakel ki biyavachochem imenu most tamus. The fact that Hashem told him the day that you eat from this you will die. So Adam said that's because I violated. So I'm going to die because of that. Misa mikresi kia misa tivis in manos bimena. The eventual natural death that is in store for everyone. When the time comes, it could have been after a thousand or whatever, a million years. But Adam knew that eventually his time was going to come, because everything in the natural world has that. The Kfar Bazari shown him, and many have spoken about this yet. So that is point number one. Adam knew that. Adam knew that. And then continue on the bottom line. Gamrab is Turning the page. He looked at the animals, he saw the species of animals would continue, but he saw that animals also. He also knew that somewhere in the Gan there was a tree of life. Didn't know where that tree was. But he knew there was. So A, he knew that he was not going to live forever, says the Radvaz. He was just good, right? It was, it was going to be natural means. Number two, he knew there was an Eitzachayim. Hachim Ashbakrov, Eitzachayim betochakan, shalayilo makam besuya. Says the Nachash, and this was his mistake, Adam's mistake. 
says the Nachash, and says Adam to himself, wouldn't it be amazing if I could really live for eternity and serve God? Serving God for eternity, just like the sun, just like the moon. Is, wouldn't that be what God wants? The Amar Once I eat from the Eitz I will know which is the Eitz and then I'll eat from the Eitzachayim, and I'll be able to serve God forever. That was his svara, says the Radvas. I can be even a greater servant of God because I'm a human. I have bechira. Who was the first person to do an Avera Lashma? Not Yael. But Adam Arisha. Or Chava. Right? Avera Lashma. I'm going to violate today so I can serve God for eternity. V'yashuv, I'll do tshuva. Echte v'ashuv, says Adam. Ki ein davar ha'omed b'fei tshuva, k'dei lahasik ha'sog asher ein erech aleha. There's nothing greater than serving God eternally. V'zeu sh'amar ha'kasuv. He shamat <coughs> That's what the Pasuk says. This was his problem. This was his problem. This was his tragic mistake. The tra- whatever pshat is given to the chait, the answer is they were wrong, obviously. And we should never try to set and guess HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if God wants us to serve Him for 120 years, so be it. We're not supposed to serve Him for longer. Kedeni, had us throw him out. Kedei shalo yehechoti niskar. Mikal makom adam marichin l'tovan nitkavein. Shnitavelios keechan miyalachav. Haomdim l'fanav tamid. V'kal shekein shalo yada adam es ito. V'chashav shiyo yomav kitsarim. Says the Ravaz, that's his approach. He wanted to be like a Malach, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu for eternity. But that wasn't meant to be, and that wasn't what he was supposed to do. Number one. Number two, a little more down to earth. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Rabbi Yaakov has many pieces on Pasha's Bracious. Here's his suggestion for the Chet. We'll do two pieces which connect to each other. First on the top left, in source 13. The Pazit tells us, V'yisim ke'lokim yodei tovara. If you eat from the street, they'll be like the, the Nachash says. You could be like God. Rashi, what does Rashi say there? Yotzrei olamot. What does that mean? You'll be like God. You'll be creators of worlds. What's the Nachash emphasizing? Says Rabbi Yaakov. Tzorach biyur mazesh atafas Rashi lefaris inyuzesh alokus. There are many elements of godliness, yet Rashi picks the creative elements. Why that? What was the Nachash saying? You could create worlds. Venire. Shirashi, Mifarish, and here, Rabbi Yaakov is not following the path of, oh, they're good kavanas. He's just telling us what the mistake was. And this is a mistake that we all make. And we have to focus on it. Shirashi, Mifarish, Lanu, Shorish, Achet, Shaladim, Rashi is telling us, Vahainu, Shehem, Dimu. You know what Adam and Chava thought? They understood a lot, but there was a lot that they did not understand. And what happens when we don't understand something? What happens when a child is doing something with difficulty and a parent is trying to explain it to them or a parent is saying something and the child obviously thinks that they know better and they think that they could do it better than the parent? 
Adam and Chava felt, says Rabbi Yaakov, they understood a lot about the world, but there was a lot they did not understand. And therefore they said, well, well, if we can make a world, we could do it better. Rahman al-Islam. And if we could do it, if we're given the chance, you know, we know, we, we could figure things out. They understand the ways of the world. They We could create more perfect worlds. Let me do it. Let me do it. How many times have we heard that? And really we know. We let them do it so that they fail and then I'll do it for them afterwards. Adam and Chava felt, says Rabbi Yaakov, that was the problem. And this is also, this also helps us explain a Gemara in Mesechah Zavodah Zarah. Says the Gemara Zavodah Zarah, this is now quoted in source 14, in the next source. The Gemara tells us in the first parak, Tanur Rabbanon, second line, Yom Shinivar Bo Adam Arishon, the day that Adam was created, the sun went down. Omar, oi, li. Right, this was, that, that was the busiest Friday in history. If we ever think that we had a busy Friday. That was the busy Friday in history, and some, some sources say, that's why Fridays are crazy. Right, we think it's like, oh yeah, there'll, there'll be a time that I'll be ready an hour before Shabbos. You know, we always like dream about that. Right, maybe in a couple of decades. Right, but but we are, okay. We'll be ready, and I'll sit before you know. Maybe in some households it works. Some people are magical, and it, it, it could work. But I don't know. But in general households, whether Shabbos is at four forty-five or at seven forty-five, it does not matter until the last second. Why? Why is it always so crazy? You know why? Because the first Friday in history, Adam sinned. Adam got thrown out. It got Aden. That was that was all on Friday created in the morning and it was a whole busy, busy day. And then it was nighttime and then the sun went down and Adam's like, I caused this too. I, ca- I, I, I caused, there's no more world. It's going to be dark for the rest of history. That's what Adam felt. The sun went down on Friday. That's it. There's no more sunlight. No more sunlight. This is my lot. He cried the entire night. The Chave Boche Kinegdo. Great imagery. They're both crying together. Kivan Sha'ala Murashachar, all of a sudden, the morning light, the sun starts going up, the first rays, Amar, Minhagu Shalolam Kach. Ah. It's the Minagava Olam. This is Hakarish Barakhu's nature. And what happened? Amad Vehikriv Shar, Shekarno Sav, Kodvin Laparso Sav. So Adam got up and gave a carbon. He gave a carbon. What kind of carbon? The Gemara says. He gave an ox whose horns preceded its hooves. What does that mean? Unbelievable. If you look at Rashi there, Rabbi Hananel, the first animals that were created, it's, it's, it's Pashup Shad in them, Sukkim. It says, came from the ground. They weren't, there was no mother, right? All of them came from, the animals came from the ground. What happened? Look at Rashi there, in Avodazar Dafches. The animals, all of a sudden, you hear a rumble on the earth, and all of a sudden, oh, Right? Each animal came out of the ground. From the dirt. So Rashi says there. So what came out first? The horns came out first of the ox. So Adam gave the ox whose horns preceded its hooves. 
That's the Gemara. Ask of Yaakov Kamenetsky. Why didn't the Gemara just say he gave an ox? What's so important that he gave this ox? He gave the ox of the that the horns preceded. Says Rabbi Yaakov, if you, Ladugma, would ask the ox, what is more important in your life, your horns or your hoofs? What's more important in your life? So uh, the, uh, the, the real answer would be your hoofs. You don't need horns to live. You don't have hooves, you can't walk, can't, can't get around. So what does it mean they gave the ox that the hooves, the, the horns preceded the hooves? If you would ask this ox, what's more important? This, says Rabbi Yaakov, shote ox, might answer, well, my horn, my horns came out first. Adam took this ox, which symbolizes something that is wrong logic, that doesn't make sense. Of course your homes are, 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 are more important. Adam took this ox and sacrificed it to Kodesh Baruch Hu as a hoda'a, as a recognition that there are things that I don't understand. You know, hooves, horns, which is more important? I'm it to you. That was his tshuva. That was his tikkun. He thought, what was the chet according to Rabbi Yaakov? The chet was, I don't understand it, so I can make a better world. So I'll eat from the eight hadas. Let me try said Adam and Chava. Hashem says, no, you're not trying. They couldn't even understand the sun and the moon. Adam wakes up in the morning, he says, now I get it. There are things that I don't understand. He takes the ox, who you might look at on the surface, and this ox, maybe his horns, he had his, his horns since he was born. It's not like the horns grew afterwards, like other oxen. That's the emphasis of the, of the horns preceding the, the uh, hoofs. Okay, continue reading the uh, Rabbi Yaakov, exactly how that was his truth. Okay, one final thought. A lot to do. One final thought for tonight. <coughs> Cain and Hevel. Cain and Hevel. Ask the Meshachachma again. Why? Why did Akadosh Baruch Hu take Hevel's carbon and not Cain's? Cain gave his first. Cain gave Priha Adama. So many of the Rishonim already focus on the wording of the of the Psukim. Perak Dalid, Pasagimal and Dalid. Kayan brought me Prihadama, and Hevel brought me Bechorot, so no. Bechorot, the Bechor, the first. Umechel Vehenem, their fats. The Meshachachwa does not talk about any word game. He focuses on the content of each karma. Kayan brought fruits. Prihadama. Hevel brought sown animals. What's the difference? Says the Meshachachma. HaKadosh Baruch Hu always appreciates when we are Moser Nefesh for him. And when we push ourselves and we sacrifice for him. And we have our own, in our own little way, our own Akedas. And if we don't give, if we, if we give something that Somebody gave me, and then I give it away. You know, what am I giving? The Ha'inyan Muska, line 11. Kilo Bachar Hashem Bakarban, Kiyem Bishtativ Maisa Adam Bazet. The greatest carbon are the ones that Adam takes a part in. Adam is Moser and schwitzes and works. An animal which a person has to raise and feed and clean and care for. And then give that to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's 
That's a carbon. And that's why the Meshachachma says, there's a halacha mechus resman. You're not allowed to give a carbon until it's eight days old. Why? Work for it. Keep it for a week. Work for it. Feed it. Take care of it. What? You get it? So you get it to Baruch Hu without sweating at all? Shekiv who nigmar bilvad. You can't bring fruit. Because you didn't do anything for the fruit. It grew. Okay, you get the tree. But once the fruit grows, God made that fruit. Right? You didn't make that fruit. What do we have for a carbon mincha? We have ground up flour. Man takes part in it. Okay, Bikurim is something different. And Shumas and Maestros. But Karbonos says the Meshachachma, it's all about giving something that I put my kishkas into that I was most there for. Kayin brought fruit. Hevel brought me Bukharot so no. Kaddish Baruch Hu is interested in our working hard for him. Kaddish Baruch Hu is not interested in taking what we have automatically and giving to him. It applies to one's talents. Somebody has a God-given talent? Give that to Kaddish Baruch Hu? No, we have to always put in our own. Our own Mesiras Nefesh, our own sweat, as much as we could do. And then we give that to Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's the greatest carbon in the world, and that's the carbon that Hashem will turn to. Okay, we'll stop here. That's how we will continue. Next week, as we continue, Noah, Lach Lecha Vayera. Very exciting, exciting week's coming up. Every week is exciting. Every part is unbelievable and beautiful. But, you know, um, Baruch Hashem.